0: Don't know. <coughs> oh, yeah. Lord God, we just thank you for this morning, Lord, and your spirit here and your presence, Lord God. And we just pray um, for no your spirit and Adrian this morning, Lord God, that she brings your words to us. And pray that it edifies and lifts us up, Lord God, and builds us up as a body, of God. Bless her this morning. Amen. Amen. And let me start with a funny story. Not funny haha, but funny how God works. Um, I was getting up this morning and working on things because what the Lord was showing me was really new to me. See, the way the Lord normally works with me is he works something in my heart for a while and then he begins to reveal truth. And uh, he just started revealing the truth. So something he's been doing in my heart, it's pretty fresh for me. And I got to try to edit things and make it look polished for you guys because I didn't want to seem foolish. And he said, it's not your ability, it's not your ability to make it look good. And so, the haha moment is, I, I have the unedited version here because I did work on it anyway and it did download. <laughs> so we're gonna jump into it. He started speaking to me on Friday about the journey of waiting. And I, I started quickly taking notes as he was talking to me he said, "This is for you guys too. And uh, you know, the waiting journey, It can be disappointing, it can be confusing, it can be unsatisfying, even though he's very satisfying. And I said, so what are you trying to say, Lord, and he said, look up the word waiting. And as I looked it up, it had a very different meaning than what I thought it would. Um, I'm going to read a couple scriptures over you, but I want you to have a working knowledge of what I'm referencing when I say the word waiting. In Hebrew, look it up for yourself if if you'd like. The word waiting is, I'm not going to say it right, it's Q-A-V-A, quapa, Kapa. It actually means to bind together, or like a twisted rope. See, when I think of waiting, I think of all the things I have to do or what it looks like in my life. But it's really an invitation to closeness with Christ. I'm very weepy this morning. I'm sorry, but I'm not, because I feel a closeness. And the whole worship set was just a You know, when you think of a rope and it's finally all those little fine pieces twisted together, you can't tell one piece from the next. If you pulled on one, you don't know from the bottom to the top of what you're actually pulling on. And I think that's the invitation he's given you to get that close to him, that you can't tell where you start and he finishes and where he, he starts and you finish. So, with that understanding of the word waiting, let me read a couple scriptures over you and let it let it begin to soften your heart and work on your heart towards some just really practical things I want to share with you. Um, Psalms 27:14 says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. The Lord is my portion. This is Lamentations 3:24. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. To the person who seeks Him. I just want to switch out the word and say the Lord is good to those who get close to him, who seeks him. Psalms 135, I waited for the Lord. My soul does wait. In his word do I hope my soul waits for the Lord. More than the watchman waits for the morning. I started thinking about a watchman. I mean, that would not be the, the, the job I want, stay up all night. I bet when that, that sun stun the God will start coming up, he is really ready. He's really, like, right, he's just kind of, his eyes are glued to the sky, just waiting for that moment, cause he's like, oh, you know, and so I started thinking about it in that context of more than the watchman waits for more, more than that night nice season that's over, waiting for the morning to come, we wait for you, Lord. All right, last scripture, Isaiah 64, 4, for the days of old have not heard or perceived by ear, nor have I seen a God beside you who acts on behalf—sorry, who acts on behalf of those who wait for Him. A God who acts on behalf of those who come close to Him. So I guess the big question is, do you wait well? The Lord started pointing out areas in my life that I don't. Friday. In the waiting, when we're drawing close to him, the enemy loves to whisper. And he loves to bring in the time factor, is what I'll call it. Sometimes the time of waiting and getting close to the Lord when we've heard a word from him is short sometimes long, but those long times are the ones that seem like the enemy likes to kind of say, Is he really going to come through? Is he really going to keep that word? And I just want to pray real the Father, for I believe the whisper in the areas that it's taken root, and it's caused accusation against you, Father. I repent and want to be close. So what does waiting do? Let me give you four practical things of what waiting does and then keys to waiting well. And I'm not going to take long. I think the Holy Spirit really wants to do something. And um, I don't want to spend too much time just talking. Um, The first thing it does is it gives us hope. In the waiting, it gives us hope. It doesn't feel like that always, but let me read a scripture that will bring that to light. Therefore, I have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ, whom we have obtained our introduction by faith into grace. And we stand. And we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we all exult in our, our exult in tribulation. Knowing that tribulations brings perseverance. Perseverance brings character. And proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint. See when you go through something in the waiting and you trust that word and you come close in and Father, but you said this. And you promise me that. And I know your character is good, and you keep getting close and get close. That endurance that turns into the perseverance that turns into endurance. the thing that makes it the most difficult when we're waiting. Alright. The, the other thing that waiting does is it reveals our weakness. But um, one of the dearest ladies in our church, she's gone to be with the Lord, she says, God reveals to heal. I think the Lord reveals our weaknesses to us while we wait. To heal us of things that keep us when I say separated. He can't be separated if you invited him in. But we have this illusion or perspective of separation sometimes when, it, when it's difficult or when we're waiting. It reveals this thing. Um, Isaiah, I'm, really, I'm just trying to give a little bit of scripture each one of this Dig into it yourself. You know, um, run with it yourself. But I, I wanted just to give a little bit of a point for each one. Isaiah 14, 31. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings with eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and they will not become weary. The thing I want to just say there really quick and not linger here too long is I thought it was interesting that it said they will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not become weary or not get tired. There is also a pace in waiting. Um, Sometimes we're walking. Sometimes we're running. Sometimes we're sitting. We're still before the Lord. So I guess my other question for you is do you know the pace that the Lord's asked for you for this season? Sometimes we're running really hard and he just wants our stillness. Sometimes we're being still and he wants us running. He'll reveal that. And then I think sometimes the best way for him to reveal that, if you're not sure, is friends speak to your life, leaders to speak in your life help you decipher in that. The other thing that waiting does is it challenges our flesh not to do it in our own strength. So you guys have been there before. You've had the Lord say something, whether it's big or little, and then the waiting the the waiting, the invitation to come close and the time begins to go on and he's like, I know this, Maybe I'll just try to do it this way. Or maybe I'll just try to do that that way. And there's multiple times in the Bible where, where somebody put their hand to what God said to do it and it didn't deliver the, the outcome that he wanted. I'm going to pray for that. Too. Father, where we put our hands to your words and not waited well. Forgive us, Father. We thank you that the invitation to come close is still there and that you will watch over the words that you've spoken and bring them to pass. And I, um, the last one I want to make on what it does when we wait well is it teaches us who he is. Be still and good, my God. Still, I said already that, you know, walking and running, but stillness is also a pace of waiting. Okay. Thank you, Father. Keys key to waiting well. I'm going to give you for he's to waiting well. I think there's a lot more than this, but this is all he's shown us so far. Being aware of his presence and his earness. Psalm of Solomon 9 says, My beloved is like a gazelle. Is anybody else confused sometimes when you're the Psalm of Solomon? And you're like, what is this all about? This, this gooey love talk. Well, we're, we're his bride, so it's okay to read it and put yourself in there as the bride of Christ. My beloved is like a gazelle, a young stag. Behold, he is standing behind our wall. He is looking through the window. He is peering through the lattice. I think often we go and not, aren't always aware of his presence in our lives. We come in and out of it. We all do it. We're on a growing journey of becoming more and more aware. There's <laughs> never been the presence in our lives. It takes practice. I think um, awareness of his presence is not something we inherit. It's something that we practice. Um, It's something that we take notice of. I think one really very practical way to say it is when something feels like it's changed, good or bad, all of a sudden you don't feel peace. Father, where are you? Or all of a sudden you feel this overwhelming amount of peace or joy or whatever the emotion is. Something has changed in your atmosphere. Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask God or Jesus. Where are you, God, in this? And just see how he speaks to you because we're practicing. Um, one of the ways I do it is stop throughout the day in worship. I think we think, you know, sometimes worship has to be extravagant, but extravagant worship is just you coming to Him and giving yourself to Him. And so sometimes for me it's just melody when I clean the dishes, <laughs> or pausing and just thanking Him for the things I have in my life, and to pray in the Spirit. There is no better prayer pray than the one that God does when he talks to himself. So just praying in the spirit and, um, and letting him use your voice to speak the things he wants. Okay. Staying close to Christ. John 17. This is one of my favorite passages. It honestly it feels scandalous. It blows my mind. I don't fully understand how God would want this, but he did. 1721. That they may be one even as you, Father, and I, as I'm in you, Father, and you're in me, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that he sent me. He had this idea long before you did of wanting him. He wanted you. But so he chose an Ephesians for the foundations of the world. That would be the way he was before it. And then my favorite part of that scripture is the two words that his own sense in love. Um, when we're staying close to Christ, we don't earn his friendship or his love because that's not a gift. You can't earn my friendship, you can't earn my love. It's a gift that I give and so does he. He willingly laid down his life. No one took it. He said that no one takes my life, but I willingly lay it down. Um, And the last point on staying close to Christ, it is our greatest testimony. It says, so that the world will believe that He sent me. It it takes me, when I think about it, back to the Great Commission love God and love others. And then Christ goes on and he talks about that throughout uh, John 14 all the way through 17, talking about loving Him and loving others and how we love each other is how to know his love and staying close to Christ. All the right. Um, third thing, third key to waiting, getting close to him, is acknowledging your weakness and your need for him. There is no shame in what we're weak in. The only shame there is is not being willing to change when he shows you and he gives you the grace to change it. And I have to say in my own life, there's lots of things that we showed it to me. I quickly wanted to change at that moment and sometimes it's a process. So don't even allow shame in your life It's a process. Just stay on the process and continue to say yes. And I think also taking ownership of our weakness, but there's a, I think there's a big difference between taking ownership of it and letting it become your identity. There's a difference between knowing that you're a sinner and you're saved versus having a mindset of well, let, me, let me word that different. Um, let's say that I have an anger issue. Father, I'm sorry for the anger that that I'm. Uh, these these unkind the of thoughts that I you know, that I think of is you that's taking ownership versus I'm always going to be this way. My mom was angry. She had she had a bitter root so, uh, you know that's what I'm talking about. Take ownership of it. Bring it to the Lord because if you. Don't take ownership of it and bring it before the Lord. It will become your identity. <laughs> or if you let shame, shame you in it of your weakness, it will also become your identity because you'll continue to identify with that then, uh, instead of the grace of God in your life to let him change that as you come close to him. Okay. Last but not least, walking with the Spirit. Um, Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by might nor in power, but by the Spirit says the Lord. And I'm going to jump to John 16. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. For he doesn't speak from his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he speaks. We're under the pressure, I think, of the time portion of waiting, and we're trying to come close, and i talk about it, and the enemies whispering, and things like that. That's the part where our flesh gets challenged, so that's where the weakness gets revealed, all the things start to happen. So we need the Spirit of truth to speak in our life so that he can guide us. And then sometimes that's just in your quiet time. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to a leader in your life. Sometimes the Holy Spirit sounds like the voice of your really good friend that calls you and says, hey, what's going on with you? Um the thing I want to say about the Holy Spirit is I feel like sometimes too he gets treated as a lesser, lesser part of God. And he's not a sideshow, he's part of God. I just want to acknowledge you, Holy Spirit, that we need you. We need your truth in our lives. So I'm asking, Father, that you would open our ears to hear you more than we've ever heard. For every single person sitting here, I'm asking for them to hear you more clearly than they ever have before.